Hello, friends, and welcome to our first episode of the Equip podcast for Term 2, 2023. And this term, we'll be looking at a reformed theology of salvation. Another way of putting that is just the title, How Good Is Grace? And as we saw on Sunday, that's actually a great way, really, of summarizing the whole storyline of the Bible. The Bible is the story of God's grace to fallen humanity for his glory. We see it right from the beginning. Adam and Eve sin. They rebel against God by disobeying his commands and at that very moment deserve his judgment. They actually deserve death. And yet God spares them. In fact, not just spares them, but clothes them and promises, as it were, to follow them outside the garden and effect a plan of salvation. And there's a little inkling of that in Genesis 3.15, which, as we saw in class, is sort of a promise of God raising up one of the woman's offspring. We know that that would be Jesus and that this offspring would crush the head of Satan. Even as Satan bruises his heel, it's sort of a, a look forward to the cross and what Jesus would do to ultimately conquer Satan and really conquer sin and death. So that's right there at the very beginning in Genesis 3.15. We see God's grace all across the Old Testament. Sometimes people say that the Old Testament is just full of God's judgment. But finally, in the New Testament, we have God's grace. Well, let's not forget that, in fact, the New Testament is also a story of God's judgment. He judges his son on our behalf. And, of course, in the book of Revelation, we see that he will judge those who do not cling to the son, those who are not included in the son. And so the New Testament is even more a story of judgment than the Old Testament is. But the Old Testament is as much a story of grace as the New Testament is. It's just that we see, of course, God's grace much more clearly in the person of Jesus Christ and the New Testament. But it's still very much there in the Old Testament. Of course, when we look through Exodus, you see God freeing his people from slavery in Egypt. We see him graciously revealing his law to them. We see him graciously forming them as a holy people and graciously taking them back time and time again when they idolatrously sin against him. It's just the story of the Garden of Eden repeated over and over and over, and yet God continues to graciously effect a plan of salvation. When we come to the New Testament, uh, we see that Jesus comes, his incarnation, he appears in the flesh, he comes full of grace and truth, John 1.14. And he comes that we would receive grace upon grace. He saves us, not by any works we do, but by his work on our behalf, dying the death we ought to have died, having lived the life we ought to have lived. And there he trades at the cross his righteousness for our guilt. The wonderful work of that great exchange, which is, again, an offer of grace. We also see that God's grace grows us. You might remember in Titus 2, when we learned the book of Titus last term, that uh, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. This is verse 11. Uh, and not only bringing salvation, but training us to renounce worldly passions and ungodly desires. And so uh, the grace of God is not just there to give us a ticket to heaven, as it were, but also to train us for holy lives in the meantime. 
the grace of God was the central message of early believers. We saw in Acts 20 verse 24 that Paul intended to give his life so that he would testify to the gospel of God's grace. And of course, it's the grace of God that will eventually bring us home. And so you can summarize the whole Bible by really saying, how good is grace? We also spent some time on Sunday looking at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. If you haven't read those verses, now would be a good time just to pause this podcast and listen to them or read them. And here's some of the things that we see in those verses in Ephesians chapter 1. We see that God is worthy of praise because of his grace. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he would receive blessing to the praise of his glorious grace in verse 6. And we were saved in verse 12, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. We see that because of his grace, we have every spiritual blessing in verse 3. But something quite interesting is that this gift of grace is based on God's choice. In verse 4, we hear that he chose us. In verse 5, we hear that he predestined us. And then we hear that same word again in verse 11, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things for the purpose of his will, he sealed us. And so when we talk about God's grace, Ephesians would lead us to believe that it has to do with God's choice. It's a gift that he chooses to give. Now, Ephesians isn't the only verse that talks about this concept, and we're going to look at more in the weeks to come. But uh, as we move through Ephesians 1, we see other things that grace transforms us, uh, that grace has to do with love, that it's relational, that it's according to God's purpose, that it's redemptive, that it's lavish and over the top, that it secures us. And we, of course, also see in verse 13 that it is related to belief, that we were sealed when we heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. Now, we could mine the depths of each and every point there in Ephesians chapter 1, but one point deserves particular attention for the next few weeks. And that is grace as God's gift. We're going to ask over the next couple of weeks, how does that sit with the reality that, of course, we choose to receive God's grace? We're going to spend some time working that out. Now, just to remind you as well, uh, what we're trying to do this term, we're not going to cover everything. Reformed theology of salvation is a big area, but I hope to do three things. The first is to whet our appetite for this reformed theology of salvation. This picture of God as the one who chooses to save. God as the one who elects people to receive his saving grace. How can that be good news? Well, we're going to find out. The second thing is that I'll try and help us answer some common objections. For example, if God chooses people to be saved, should we bother evangelizing? I mean, if God's already chosen them, then what role do we really play? Or, if God chooses people to be saved, then can he really blame me when I don't choose him? How can he send people to hell who never had a chance? Big questions. 
and we'll hope to answer them in the next couple of weeks. So that's our second aim. We're going to try and help answer some common objections. And then third, I hope that by the end of this term, we'll be in awe or even refreshed by how good grace is. You might even be surprised by how good the picture of God's grace is when all of these reformed puzzle pieces are put into place. One thing I want to emphasize as we go this term is uh, many of us in the room might have some different beliefs about these things, and that's okay. Part of learning is that we respect each other and what each of us might hold differently on this matter. It's not a matter that's closed-handed and central to our salvation. That is, when we're talking about the Reformed theology of salvation, it's not a Reformed theology of salvation that saves us. It's God who saves us. Uh, and so, worth stating that from the outset, uh, particularly if you're quite dogged about your opinion on this matter. But it's also worth saying that learning is about deconstructing what we believe. It's about taking a look at what are some of the things that have gone into our assumptions, our thoughts, our opinions, pulling them apart, and maybe they'll go back together in just the same order that they already were, but maybe not. And so I encourage you for class this week as we consider total depravity, the idea that sin completely incapacitates us, uh, I'd encourage you just to come with an open mind, a willingness to interrogate and, and work through what it is you think and believe uh, so that you might have an even richer understanding and experience of God's grace. Really looking forward to my time together with you guys. Hope to see you on Sunday.